Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. This is episode 108. I've never actually mentioned the, the number of our episodes because I don't, this is an arbitrary number. We've been doing this for, I think, a little bit over two years. Co-host, Stunt, Stunt Park, Bruce Park here. How long have we been doing this Find Your Film, which I almost said Movie Mainline? How long have we, you know, with Movie Mainline, the previous title, and now Find Your Film, how long have we been podcasting? Me, you, and Eric Hangover Homes. How long have we been doing this for, you think? I think nearly two years. Nearly two years. Eric Holmes, Hangover Holmes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you don't have a hangover. You are, you are, you are a teetotaler. I think you are a tea. Are you a teetotaler, Eric Holmes, or my, or is that the furthest from the truth? I do total teas, but I also you, total Coors Light. So, oh, oh, very, very punny. Various yeah. drink totaler. Okay, and here's the thing. This is a, this is a bad thing this week. Actually, it may be a good thing because usually I'm doing all these intros. I'm talking. I'm slathering my voice all over the shrinking podcast. This episode, episode, what is it, Bruce? One hundred eight. Episode one hundred eight will be the Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky show because if you you're watching this video, my name my nickname this week is Greg. Quote: I only watched one bleeping movie this week, Swords of Osti, because there are other movies that I did see for other interviews coming up down the road. That is my 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 really peasanty excuse no you know what i'm not even gonna do the class structure that that is my horrible excuse for only watching one movie this week bruce perky am i missing out a lot from the lack of movies that i covered this week are, are you and eric excited about the crop of flicks you guys are covering this week you definitely missed out on some some things for sure. I, I don't know if you would have loved them all, but you missed out on some stuff for sure. I missed out on some stuff. Bruce Perky was absolutely vague. Eric Holmes, are you going to go the even vaguer route? Am I missing out on some of the movies you and Bruce are going to just put your proverbial X on, X marks a spot on? Anything really exciting that you're you're really excited about to talk about this week for on fire? Uh, there's film? there's one I'm not particularly excited about, but there's one that you missed that I think you would have been particularly excited about so oh okay well i want to hear eric's really honest opinion on the movie that you probably did not like thank you for watching that movie and tell me why i'm selfishly why i'm going to really enjoy this movie okay so anything else before we start anything look i have here on my google doc notes we need to have some very quick reactions because we have a lot of films to get to eric holmes quick reaction on the outfit remember recap bruce perky gave it five stars i gave it four and a half stars our buddy our brothers in arms anderson cowan did not like the movie as much i think he gave it like three or three and a half stars maybe even three stars the outfit starring mark rylance how did you feel quick reaction on the outfit which you saw in theaters i believe right or yeah did you see well so I saw a movie that we'll cover later on uh, this episode, and I got there way early. So while it's waiting, I went and checked out a bit of the Batman because it was playing in one of the other theaters. And I was like, this doesn't look too bad because my my expectations got really low to that. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to check out the Batman. And I went to go check it out, and it I, I, I missed the showing. But the outfit was playing. So I was like, well, hell, I'll I'll check that out. And I checked it out. I'm kind of I'm kind of where Anderson is on it i think i liked it a little bit more than he did but uh why did oh, you like what? it a little bit more than anderson did anderson's complaint was the outfit was too stagey too artificial for him he gave it a mild recommend but you liked I, it a little bit more i see that i didn't have a problem with that you know this felt like a kind of like a guillermo del toro kind of setup even though it didn't have like the you know it didn't have the fantasy elements he usually has in his movies um it's it, what threw me off was because you guys uh kind of compared it to uh windfall and i was trying to figure out what that was 
I was like, these are like wildly different movies, but I think just because they're both set in one location. Mystery suspense elements. Yeah. The, the ramping of the tension. Um, the, and the, everyone was calling Windfall Hitchcockian, and I was saying, well, this is more Hitchcockian right. than Windfall was. So. Okay. Okay. That that makes sense then. Um, yeah. Like where Windfall, like I really liked the beginning. I really liked the end, and it slowed down a little bit in the middle. This was the exact opposite. I really didn't like the uh, beginning. Got really good in the middle. It ended great. And then... It, it ended again. I was like, "Stop! Stop! No! Stop! You're you're good. Stop!" <laughs> but uh, overall, I, I I think the movie was pretty good. Probably give it three and a half, three and a half stars. Um, okay. Had, I I think had they stopped the movie at that first ending and then go, it, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. If they would have stopped at that first ending, I think this probably would have been a four star movie for me. But as it is, it, it, it's it's a good movie. It's definitely worth checking out and. Yeah, I agree with you, Eric. The, great the ending, the ending was a little bit more. Why don't we just throw the whole kit and caboodle with the outfit? It's it's one movie up to a point, and then they had to slather it with just that extra ending. Which Bruce, I think you gave it five stars, so you were fine with that extra cherry on top of the cake. Yeah, and I acknowledge this is one of those movies that it, it probably isn't going to be that for most people. It hit me at the right moment, the right time, the right mood, and it just kind of worked for me so and who knows that might like i said i think even in my original review is this might be one that goes down a little bit on rewatch because i might hit another time and go like eh, it was good but it wasn't that good but it, i i still think it's it's definitely solid even if even if it doesn't hit you like it did me it'll i think it's a solid movie you know, I'm a very lonely yeah, the, guy. I, I wish someone would hit me at the right moment and at the right time. I'm, I'm a little bit tearing up before I tear up and cry. Eric Holmes, I actually inadvertently got right in front of you. What do you, what did you want to say, Eric what, Holmes? What, what's the, I, I don't know the name of the actor, the name of the actor that's the, uh, the right hand man, the, the gangster guy that's in most of it. Johnny uh, Flynn. Oh, Johnny Flynn. Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked him in there. I, yeah. I felt that like they tried to get Charlie Hunnam. But they found the closest lookalike. But that, that guy good. was really good in that. You mean yeah. they so found someone who him. could act that looked like Charlie? Oh, oh here, we go. <laughs> here we go. You know, this again, Bruce has this memory that is just, he's, I don't know whether it's insomnia, like that Nolan film, because he loves Nolan in movies like Tenet, right? Right, Bruce? If you're listening, and you know what? Listeners, I'm lying through this entire thing, but maybe it's a Polaroid. I think, yeah, Bruce is going, what is Greg talking about? You're, you're a huge Charlie Hunnam fan. You were berating me and Eric, at least a month ago, we were saying, well, we don't know about Last Looks. We, we're kind of iffy on that. And you're saying it's the best film noir since Chinatown. Charlie Hunnam it makes Jack Nicholson look like a fool. What was that about, Bruce? I think there's. I think <laughs> I think what you have. Yes, it's uh -huh. conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the end of the year. Yes. My number one actor on Letterboxd is going to be Mel Gibson. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. If you're doing a recap, I've, I've actually foisted Panama and Last Looks to Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky within the last month and a half. And whenever there's a Mel Gibson movie out, I am going to biasly request a link for all. Why don't them. you just get it all in one move? And why don't you just get a Mel Gibson movie directed by Woody Allen? Maybe Roman Polanski <laughs> can like produce it. Um, I don't know. Get some Kevin Victor Spacey Salva in there. In there. Kevin yeah, Spacey Victor Salva, there. Kevin Spacey. We can get, yeah. you know, we'll just kind of do the, the, what do they call it? The full Monty? Yeah, probably yeah, the full Monty. The, I think the, that's the full Monty. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes film. Well, we can get into that whole story. <laughs> Sometimes filmmakers and podcasters like myself are problematic. Speaking of problematic, deep water. Was it deep, Bruce? It's on a oh, hoo Should people take a drink of water and say, I love this? Adrian Lyne, I'm a huge I'm – I'm an Adrian Lyne fan. I like his – personally, a lot of people are talking about Fatal Attraction. I think was it Fatal Attraction or Nine and a Half Weeks. 
I'm thinking, I think, didn't he re- do a remake of the movie Lolita? Really like that version. Very interesting filmmaker. Hasn't done a film in, in oh, years. Now it's with Anna Jarmus and Ben Affleck. Mystery, thriller, erotic kind of thing. Any reason why people should watch this movie this weekend on Hulu? Well, if you're really missing that erotic thriller from mm. the 90s kind of spice, and yes. uh, he definitely has a lane that he he likes to stay in, and this is part of that. Uh, I think there's a lot of... Uh, this is an outlandish plot. This movie makes no sense. This movie is uh, definitely logically not good. Uh, but is it stuck in the '90s, or does it pay homage to the '90s? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's especially stuck in the '90s as far as like style or anything. I, I think just as far as kind of subgenre, like you don't really get many of these anymore. This one is is ridiculous. Like it, it makes no sense character wise. It takes itself very seriously, which makes it more funny than it's supposed to be. Um, and I had a heck of a lot of fun watching it, and kind of hate watching it, but love watching it for how goofy and ridiculous it is. And especially the final third, there's some moments with Ben Affleck that are just, and uh, Tracy Letts, Tracy Letts is in this and he is, oh, he is so good as the guy who's sure that, sure, sure, sure that Ben Affleck is a murderer. Uh, it's trash fun. You can have, you could have a good uh, date night with this, I guess. Did this movie live up to your expectations because you were hate watching it? Meaning that you yes. had to, okay, okay. I almost stopped watching it because I thought it'd be really boring. And then it started getting its little twists in and I started figuring out what the concept was, which is basically, I can give you the basic concept right out of the gate is that they have an open marriage. Only she practices the open marriage and constantly is flaunting her uh, mimbos in front of him. And then he is getting very angry between uh, farming his snails and doing his photography. Yes, I said farming his snails. Um, are there, are there are loving <laughs> Terrence Malicky shots of farming nail, snails in this movie? If so, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Is that a euphemism for something? All right. Nope. nope. He's actually farming snails. Um, <laughs> there is some outrageously terrible dialogue in this, and it's very fun to watch uh, and listen to. And just, you know, the whole thing is, is, is he murdering all these guys that are, you know, stooping his wife? It's... And she is just cruel too, like mercilessly cruel. And then there's the uh, the cute little daughter that they have that is just in scenes randomly. It's it, I can't describe it. It's it's very silly. Do you think Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck knew they were making a trashy movie, and they said let's make let's go make a fun trashy movie? Or because you Bruce, you were saying this is a movie that it sometimes is unintentionally funny. Do you think they were making a serious erotic thriller, or were they in on the joke? Like hopefully some of some people who enjoy this movie are. I don't think they were in on the joke. I don't know. I mean, I think they were supposed to be dating at the time, and now they won't talk to each other, which is why there's no press for this movie. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, who? Is Maybe they thought they were actually living their lives in this movie, and that caused it all the problems. I don't know. Eric Holmes, what are the chances that down the road you're going to watch a movie, the movie Deep Water on Hulu? Uh, very low. <laughs> I, canceled, <laughs> yeah. I canceled. I canceled Disney, so I will not be watching anything on you, Disney or Hulu. You canceled Disney. That's like you, you canceling Disney. Eric Holmes is like any person canceling Disney, and I, I sound like a shill. It's like can't you? You just you just canceled the sky. You canceled the sun that shines its rays upon us. How, how, how dare you? Yeah. Eric, well, you mean I have to watch the Obi Wan series all on my own? Yeah, <laughs> You're making I, me I, do this. I'm afraid so. Which what? sucks because that that one looked like it might have been pretty good, but I cannot do it. Wow. I cannot do it when they when a movie studio 
donates money to uh for uh anti-gay causes and legislation i cannot be a part of that <laughs> oh very uh, pre- but I, I will say there may be there may come a time where uh we we do a uh we get a screener for a movie that goes on hulu that i don't know about at the time so i might slip up but uh at the moment i will not be paying i will not be giving disney money as much as i can help it and as much as i know because they got their tentacles and everything so it's hard to it's hard to know 100 percent what's what but man of principle you're a man of principle i admire that one of these days i will google that term and find out what that actually really means (laughs) i also saw this movie called the lost city starring sandra bullock and brad pitt and channing tatum i saw it with our our mutual friend our our mutual friend anderson cowan we saw it with the century city mall last week anderson Ended up giving it them more of a, more of a, like a three and a half star review, and, and was sort of disappointed with it. I gave it a three and a half star review, and I liked it. So it's weird how we we both have different. We both gave it the same rating, but we both liked it in varying degrees. I actually liked it a little bit more uh, than Anderson. You can actually check out our video review on Anderson Cowan's CCP YouTube channel. Anderson is the co-host of Cinematics. He is our also our North Star. Obviously, next week. In the Cinematics world, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky will be part of that because every single first week of the month, we do a Cinematics episode. All three of us find your film becomes sort of the quasi-cinematics for a while. Eric and Bruce, are you doing some research on the first two weeks that might titillate, tantalize you for the first two weeks of April? Have you, do you are you going to do your research? Yeah, I, I looked a little bit so far. I haven't nailed down which uh, which ones I'm picking for the uh, for the cinema. For uh, we're doing that next week, right? Yes, yes next week, first week so, of April, April first. Um, but the weird thing is, like halfway through April, there's some really good ones coming out. It's like, oh, I'm sure they're doing the second half of April, but that that'll be fun for you and Anderson to uh, cover for sure. Who knows? Maybe we'll just blow up the show. Maybe we won't even do the first two weeks of April. Maybe we'll just do Kirk Douglas movies for about ninety minutes. What do you think, Bruce? Yes, yes, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that instead. Yeah. I'm mentioning Kirk Douglas is because Eric Holmes, a little teaser. You have a Kirk Douglas movie for us. What made you want to watch a Kirk Douglas movie within the last week? Just on a whim? Well, uh, Angie Clark and I did a watch along a month or two ago. And uh, we did another one this week. Mm. And we're trying to figure out what movie. I was like, well, I haven't watched this. It was uh, Kirk Douglas's first movie. And so we'll, we'll see how it is. So Eric Holmes and, did it. and it's weird to talk about Kirk Douglas on the heels of I canceled Disney because apparently Kirk Douglas has some shit that he did too. So oh, yeah, yeah. this shit's weird, but whatever. Everything's weird. Yeah, everything's black and white, white, and not nothing's black and white. Everything's gray. I love to live in the gray. Speaking of which, yeah, you you have some gray as well, uh, Bruce Perky. So we're going to be talking about a Kirk Douglas film later in the episode. But first, let's talk about the one movie I did see this week, and that is called You Are Not My Mother. It's available everywhere, meaning on digital, on demand, and in theaters this Friday. Very simple plot. You are not my mother. It starts off actually pretty pretty scary. You see a baby who is actually going to be possibly burned in the middle of somewhere, like uh, not in the forest, but somewhere outdoors amidst trees, and she's going to be burned in a ring of fire by her grandmother. And you're thinking, yeah, I believe it's a ring of fire, if I recall. You're wondering, what's going to happen to this baby? Cut to maybe 16, 17 years later, that baby is now teenage, young teenage girl. She has a little bit of a mark on her face. You're assuming that mark, that scar is from that traumatic incident, which occurred at the beginning of the movie. And you realize this teenage girl, she is very meek, very shy, very introverted, and understandably so, because first of all, her grandmother is a little bit unstable, a little bit irresponsible, and a little bit off. 
But if you think the grandmother's off, wait till you meet the girl's mother. We see the girl's mother actually laid up in bed, convalescing, and she can barely even drive her daughter to school. Usually, it's a grandmother's job to drive the daughter to school. So you automatically know within the first 12 minutes of this movie that the grandmother is pretty much a pseudo-mom to the girl, and the mother is just, there's something wrong with the mother. Hence the title, You Are Not My Mother. As the narrative rolls on, we realize that this family dynamic, there is a reason because there might be something supernatural amidst going on in this house among these women. And there's a, and, and it, the movie also focuses on the life of the teenage girl's life in high school. She is bullied by several girls, etc., etc., etc. So that is the premise of this movie. I was really expecting that this is going to be a homer. I, I really was so excited to get these, get the screening links for Bruce and Eric because this horror film would feel like something that they would totally love. And maybe I would love too. I, I'm going to give you my review at towards the end of this, but I was, oh my gosh, I was disappointed by this movie. This movie was a misfire for me. Let's start off with Bruce Perky. Are you disagreeing with my misfire take? And hopefully maybe you might love it. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm pretty much agreeing with you. Uh, it, I really wanted to like this movie like all the way through. Um, I think the acting is, is really pretty universally good in this movie. I, I really like the, the girl Shar, Shar, is that her name? I think. Yeah. Shar, Shar. Yeah. That's her character name, I guess. Um, and I really liked her a lot. Um, I felt like it was really leaning into something that's kind of been a thing recently, which is like the three generation of women. We had relic, which we really liked. And of course, hereditary. Um, and there's signs of kind of witchy folk horror maybe happening here. Um, I wish it would have gone one way or the other. I wish it would have gone hardcore into the the kind of witchy folk horror stuff and let us know what the rules were there, which I didn't feel like we knew. Or I wish it would have stuck more with the girl and kind of just her life. I don't think it had to have any supernatural. The bullying and her kind of her relationship in school with people, how she is treated based on her family. I thought that was interesting. And I almost thought that the whole like mom... Mom is, what is she, obsessed? Is she a witch? Is she just have mental illness? That all kind of seemed tropey to me, and I, that didn't work as well for me. I'm kind of with you. I mean, for me, it's probably two and a half stars. It, it has a lot of qualities I really admired, but it just never quite took it in a place that was interesting enough for me. It's so disappointing. I agree with you on the two and a half stars, Bruce. Really good performances by everyone, but it just feels like you have all these really good chess pieces on the board. And it just depends where these chess pieces land. And for me, they just didn't land in the right places, even though you, it was buoyed by some really good performances and a potential for actually a really, like Eric would say, a banger of a storyline. Now, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping maybe Eric is diverging from this and won't be, won't be agreeing with us. Eric, what did you think of You Are Not My Mother? I'm kind of with you guys on this one. Uh, it started off good and then it does the uh, flash forward or flashback. To the boring part <laughs> and uh that's uh, I, I wish that trend would die this is not the only movie that's guilty of this um but the the idea that we don't know where to start the story so we're gonna do a exciting thing at the top and then now we're stuck with all the boring parts of the story i did appreciate what they were trying to do with this unfortunately antlers did it so much better just a few months ago and um and I mean, I, I think this movie would make a good double feature with Antlers just because they're so similar. They use supernatural elements to kind of uh, make common commentary on other family and emotional thing that things that's going on. And uh, the, 
there was a the ending didn't quite stick the landing with me, but there were some aspects of it that I really, really liked. Like the last third of this movie, I really started to get into, you know, there was one part that was kind of, you know, whatever, but uh, there were some other parts that were, uh, you know, really touching, really heartfelt. I thought, and I wish, I wish they, the stuff that they did at the, the last third, I wish that would have, they would have had that same kind of care or, whatever that was throughout the whole movie. I think if, if if the last third was like the whole movie, I think I would have liked this a lot more. Do you think that Eric, do you think this movie slow burned itself to its, to death, meaning that it took too long to get to that third act, which you really loved? I I don't think that, I don't think the first two third, uh, save for the very beginning, the, the opening scene, save for that. Um, I don't think the first two thirds needed to go as long as it did. You know, they kind of, they kind of got the point, uh, towards the you know end of the second third, you know that the, there's probably a better way to go about this story. Because um, if you're gonna flash forward, that's usually that's usually code for okay, just you're you're prepared to get bored for at least a half hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think if they had a I think if they had a better story, maybe like um, I don't know, worked on the story a little bit, kind of tighten it up. I, I think this could have been really great. Um, but yeah, the, the the last third I thought was really strong. I I just wish the rest of the movie could have been as strong. Okay, so I gave it two and a half stars. Bruce gave it two and a half stars. Now it's directed and written by Kate Dolan. What's interesting about this movie? We mentioned Eric was mentioned mentioning the third the third act, which he enjoyed more than the rest of the movie. He was talking about that as a positive a- aspect. Bruce and I were focusing in on the the uh, the performances, and Bruce liked some of the storytelling elements of this movie. Look, this Kate Dolan a filmmaker is very is is talented, has potential, and it's just I think it's one of these things. Just maybe I'm excited to see what her next film is going to do. If it if it it's Maybe she learned some lessons from this movie that she will move on for her next film. So two and a half for me, two and a half for Bruce. Final rating for you, Eric Holmes. What do you give this, it? This probably would have been a two-star, but I, I like the last third so much that I'll, I'll go three stars on this. Three stars. Three stars for Eric Holmes. Mild recommend from You Are Not My Mother. I'm actually happy that Eric Holmes gave it three stars. Very, very good. Again, ev- available everywhere and in theaters this Friday. And now I'm going to leave this podcast because the rest of the podcast will be having <laughs> – well, Eric and, and Bruce will be talking. And I apologize. Uh, Bruce, you take it off from right here. No, anyways. The next movie, and I, I, I'm really pissed. I'm really pissed. I'm going to swear I am pissed I did not get to this movie but because I got this movie to Eric and Bruce and I was so out of every single movie I've actually gotten links for. This is the one movie I was most excited about. It's a movie called Stunt Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, sorcery. danger zone 
It's a death wish at 120 decibels. It's in theaters Friday, and I saw a trailer of just cars exploding. There's a stuntman. There's a rock group called Sorcery, I think. And it's in theaters, 4K restoration of this movie that was made back in 1977. Nothing wrong with 1977, but it looks like a 1977 film, but 4K restored. And I'm thinking Eric Holmes would love all the action sequences with the cars exploding and going off, going off I'm sure, a cliff. Looks like a fun movie. So, Bruce, let's start off with you. Stunt Rock. Was this well, a movie that you're swearing to Greg? Like, Greg, why did you send me the screening link? So, anyways. Yeah. No, no, I was not. This, um, I mean, I can definitely get into some campy old school cheese. So, for that alone, it's it's worth it. If you like that kind of stuff, you know, these revivals of, I don't know, pick your 80s action movie or whatever it might be, then I think you might be interested in this. Uh, I would also say it's probably one of the most accurately titled movies ever in the history of the world stunt rock i mean it is exactly what this movie is uh <laughs> so so i'll say a couple little things about it and then let eric chime in um so was it was it fun was it a fun movie it was fun but there's definitely too much rock and not enough stunt for my for my taste but the rock is pretty amazing but it gets there's a point where it gets a little repetitive in other words we get to see Sorcery play probably six or five songs completely, along with their wizard devil magic show that occurs at the same time, um, which is is something to behold, I will admit, but very much something to behold. And then the other half of the movie is Grant Page, Australian stuntman extraordinaire, doing multiple things that will get himself killed and probably should have got himself killed. In the middle of that, there's like, documentary footage of other stunts being done it's a it's a very odd movie uh but mostly entertaining it just could have been i i think this would have been perfect if it had been about 60 minutes long then it would have been a just get in get out give us all the best bits and it could have oh and there's a really bad dramatic uh linking story too which is pretty fun <laughs> wait bad isn't good the, is the link bad isn't it's good i mean all, all the link stuff is like uh like your best bad 70s porn dialogue probably <laughs> you know like, all right like Eric, a, hit it it sounds it. like a three-star movie for you bruce uh three and a half i'll give it three and a half it was fun okay cool eric i was i was mainly thinking about you for sun rock and i'm wondering if did i completely miss a target on this one well the the story i'm surprised that there was a story to this this is uh <laughs> sorcery uh playing songs 
And then just uh, when they're done playing songs, they cut to random stunts. And then Sorcery plays another song. And they cut to random stunts. And the stunts are really good, too. Like, uh, there was more than a couple times where I'm like, get the fuck off there. You're going to kill yourself. Like, how Um, many times is he on fire? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's weird because this isn't, this doesn't feel like a movie. This feels like almost like a documentary or like a musical documentary. Um, Cause uh, first of all, I would love to see sorcery live. Their stage show looks just freaking awesome. And I, I can't imagine what they like. It'd be awesome to watch them like here in uh, Denver, at, like red rocks or something like that. Um, Cause they got that, they got that kind of uh real theatrical kind of stage show uh similar to like a guar or ghost or you know um i hate to use the word kiss because i hate kiss but you know with those type of bands <laughs> right uh john michael thor actually john michael thor would probably be the best example of this because john michael thor uh if you saw him live um he has a lot of theatrics and he doesn't really do stunts but he does like strongman stuff so this yeah, I mean this easily. Does Actually, the that, work? That Does the like a miss opportunity? They should have had. Uh. They should have had John Michael Thor is the band to this. But I guess the band that they got was just they had money to do the movie, and they're like, uh, "We'll get a band, sorcery, cool. You want to do it, sweet." And then I, I think that's how this movie was put together. You no, know, you know what band they tried to get? What's I read that? on the Van Halen. They tried to get Van Halen from 1978 yeah. when they were brand new. <laughs> that, they that, didn't get him. I mean that that could have been cool too. I I think I think John Michael Thor would have been a a really good oh, yeah. mix for for this kind of movie. Uh, but we got sorcery and they're pretty freaking awesome too. The the music's decent if you like that kind of like uh like stoner rock is kind of kind of what they play. This isn't a movie for like this this movie's been around for a while. I guess I I haven't heard it until heard of it until just now. Apparently, it's got a real big cult following. Or a cult following. I don't know how big the cult following is. So it's kind of it's, it's, it's kind of hard to rate this movie because the people that love it love it, and yeah, the we'll people that don't love yeah. it probably don't give a shit. So, um, I, I oh, go ahead. I just had a thought. Well, first two things. I read one thing where it said, mentioned this is one of the only movies that is a band movie, a action movie, a action movie documentary. And a band documentary all at the same time. But I was thinking, you know what sorcery is? It's like as if Ralph Bakshi yes. like created a band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that is sound that sounds great. That sounds I I'm I'm actually excited to see Stunt Rock. I will definitely check it out. So three and a half stars for Bruce Perky. What is your personal rating just for you selfishly, Eric Holmes? Well, Greg, you hit the nail on the head as as far as uh, what I think of this. Um th- this is uh this is a five star for me. Um, Bruce mentioned like classic status. I think this is kind of bad, but you have to be into that thing going into it. Like the, this is not going to be a five-star movie for everyone. I, I think a lot of people are going to watch it go, what the hell is this shit? Fucking one star. I hate this movie. Other people are going to watch this movie and go, this is yeah. the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's got everything. So, you know, oh, it, 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 all de- it all depends on what your mindset is going into this. This is the ultimate drunken party movie. Yes. You can have this on at a drunken party. You don't have to pay attention to it. You know, every so often you'll look over and someone will be on fire or there'll be a wizard and a band and you'll be like, what the fuck? And you're getting drunker and you're like, and by the end of it, you're going to be like, so happy. Yeah. Well, Eric, for people in that lane who like the, the music and the whole vibe, 
it's it's it worth watching the theaters with the 4K restoration? Like I'm I'm sure you're watching it in your home theater, you know, over at home. I just extrapolate. Would it be good in the in the big theater in the big screen as well? It it would. I think this would be better. Like because I, I I get to uh, I get to watch uh, Goblin do a live score for Suspiria. This would be a good theater going experience for like that kind of thing, where like you get a bunch of people that are already fan or like a Rocky Horror Picture Show sort of thing. Where the all the people in the theater are have seen this movie like a hundred times, they're in for it. Like, would you buy a ticket, be, Eric? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but like, <laughs> as far as the theater experience, like I'm going by myself, and I'm going to be it's going to be me and one other person in the theater. Probably not as fun, but I I think this is like one of those crowd pleaser things. Like, if you got everyone in the theater that's already on board, this might be like one of the best theater going experiences you would have. I, oh. I imagine. I, I don't know because I haven't done it. Stunt Rock is a five-star banger for Eric Holmes. Again, the caveat, and we mentioned caveat again, the caveat is it's not for everyone. And I'm I'm almost just as pleased that Bruce Perky, in his, in his knowledge as a cinephile, actually laid down three and a half stars for Stunt Rock as well. At least you had a good time watching it, Bruce. So that was a very, very cool thing. That is Stunt Rock, and we are closing. Yes, Bruce. Oh, you were just... Uh, now I was going to say, had- uh, if the... The 4K restoration better have it if it does not have an interview with sorcery by Nardwar. They have absolutely missed the boat. That's all Nard- I can say. Bruce Perky just mentioned Nardwar, the best interviewer in the world, in the universe. Nardwar. If you don't know who Nardwar is, look him up on YouTube. N a r d w a r. He he does the best interviews. He makes me look like a little pissant. Okay, so we are closing out our featured reviews with this movie called Mothering Sunday. Once upon a time, once upon a time, once upon a time. Morning, Jane. Morning, Seth. Jay, that you? Yes, madam. I'll be on my own, 11 o'clock. We're late, my dear. Certainly, the pace you drive, we will be. You're a writer. Yes, I write. And when did you become a writer? I don't know. Yes, you do. What a glorious day it's turned out to be. We're happy to wait a little longer for him. And he's studying, is he? That's what he calls it. Adam. What are you doing? Studying. And I'm here to help you study. You're what I intend to study today. I can tell you all my secrets, all the things nobody says. He's not studying, he's just late. Don't be too cross with him, he loves you very much. Jane, I've got to get married. That's what's expected of you, yes. You did not say that, though. I did say that, though. We're all so excited for the wedding. You're making us all so happy. You have absolutely nothing to lose. That is a gift, and you must learn to use it. I'm so sorry, Jane, but I have some distressing news. I've been thinking it might be time for me to leave, sir. In another house? In a bookshop, sir. It'll be your greatest book. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Again, 
I get, I, I told Bruce specifically, I said, Bruce, don't watch it this week. It's only opening in New York and LA. We can save it for next week. It rolls out. This is just an option for you and Eric because we want to save our money. We get to watch free movies. Yay. Nope. Bruce decided to actually watch it about 30 seconds after the conversation ended. He started watching it like he does. <laughs> and as, as actually, and as we were recording this movie, Bruce is probably watching another movie. So he watches movies incessantly. So on top of that, to make matters worse or better, I think better in general, Eric Holmes decides after a hard day's work, hey, let me just add to my 10 movies I saw this week and watch Mothering Sunday as well. I was expecting Eric and Bruce to just completely lay down just lay down and relax, and we, we'll get to Mothering Sunday next week. This is me, long-winded, saying these guys are hard workers. Mothering Sunday. Bruce, take it off. This is your, yours and Eric's segment. Does it work? Uh, well, <laughs> I feel like Eric is going to probably be a little bit on the more negative side on this one. But, okay, Mothering Sunday. First of all, if you look up the poster on this, it's terrible. E- either the posters I saw are terrible, terrible. It makes it look like... Um, <laughs> Um, Downton Abbey or something like that, which I understand why they did that, but it really sells this movie short, in my opinion. Uh, but it's directed by no, that's a- not your opinion. That's fact. <laughs> I, I will say that that poster is god awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's directed by Eva Hewson, I guess I'm saying, or Husson, yeah. maybe I'm not sure if I'm saying your name right. And it basically centers around. Uh, this made after World War II. It takes several different time place, time periods, but the main time period is after World War One. And this character Jane, played by Odessa Young, fantastically played by Odessa Young. She is amazing in this movie. She is a maid to this really rich family, and basically, uh, all but one son has died within these two rich families that are kind of interacting in most of the story. Um, she just happens to be having an affair. With the one son that remains secretly, of course, because, you know, she's the maid and he's, you know, not probably expected to be kind of cavorting with the commoners, quote. But that is just kind of the basic plot. Uh, the other time periods that kind of encounter is you find out that you, her, you see her a little bit later in her life and she's a writer. So you get the idea that she's writing about this experience, this pivotal moment or, you know, few days or months in her life where this event happened with this, uh, kind of this love affair happened to this young man. Once again, that doesn't really give the picture of this movie. This is, and I told Eric this and whether he enjoyed it or not, it's kind of hard to say, but your enjoyment of this movie is really if you can get into its vibe and its vibe is very Terrence Malicky is what I would call it, whether that's a term or not, but it's very dreamy, um, very evocative. If you like that kind of thing, um, beautifully shot, absolutely beautiful shot. very slow incandescent. I would say it's spectacularly. That's a huge huge compliment you're giving incandescent. And what is, I think really effective about this movie, if you get into the vibe is what this movie is really about is about how a person slowly becomes a a writer, becomes an artist, like how a person takes their experiences in the world and that becomes something that becomes their art. And it's done in a very, very interesting and very delicate and very, I don't know, it's it's beautiful. This is a really beautiful movie. If you get into the vibe of it, I think it's it's absolutely wonderful. Brooklyn Um, Island kind of vibe meaning... Yeah, the theme. It's of, a little uh, different than Bergman your... Island. I think it could be better than Bergman Island, honestly. What? Oh my God. 
<laughs> this, this is so. This is a real movie. This is. A, I was. I was expecting Downton Abbey, and here's Bruce Perky. I had to look up incandescent on on, on Google. That's a very very big word, Bruce. We've never used incandescent in our podcast in two years. So you're, is, you're, you're, you're loving so, this movie. Yeah, this is surprisingly self assured. I don't know if this is the first, or I don't know how many um, things this woman has directed, but this is a really self assured movie and really beautiful movie. And I think for some people it can be really impactful. And I think that on further viewings, you can see all the little intricate threads that she's putting together in this movie. Uh, and it's done in a very, very interesting way, the way the different time periods and different events are kind of interwoven. Like it's very fragmented, but also kind of interlaced where things like a phone ringing has all these multiple meanings by the end of the movie. And there's a bunch of things like that. There's flowers and all kinds of stuff. This movie is amazing. Uh, I, I, I was really torn at first, and I I got to give it five stars. I have to give this five, five stars. Five stars. I interviewed Eva Husan back in 2015 for this movie called Bang Gang, a modern love story. I believe, if memory serves, I remember her being a really nice person. I ended up really liking the movie, but five stars for this movie. I I have to see this. Not obviously, I will have to go with Eric's stunt five star banger stunt rock first before I go with Mothering Sunday because we know the truth lies in stunt well, rock and they're almost the same. So you know, yeah, yeah, first <laughs> interchangeable. Of all, I'm going to tell you something, Bruce. Wizards on stage casting spells or finding yourself as an artist. I'm going to go with the wizard, right, Eric? Am I going to go with the wizard? You're not wrong. You're not that wrong. <laughs> Well, you're assuming there's not a wizard in this. I mean, come on now. <laughs> okay, that is a great review. Thank you, Bruce. Five stars for Mothering Sunday. I guess, again, out in theaters in New York and L.A. this Friday. And Eric Holmes, how dare you come in with a negative review of this movie? I want to hear what you have to say. He called it incandescent. So I want to hear what the other side of the coin is. I want <laughs> well, to hear that. It, it's not that far on the other side. Oh, um, okay. The, this is uh, this is not a movie that I tend to gravitate towards. And it did the thing at the beginning of, yeah, uh, where it's like the interesting thing. And then we'll flash forward or flash back. I'm like, okay, writers, fucking stop doing that. Please stop doing that. <laughs> Just start the story where it needs to start and maintain interest throughout. You know, it, it, it should. Anyway, I think the uh, the cinematography and the uh, in the score in this movie is doing a lot of heavy lifting, and rightfully so because the score and the in the uh, cinematography is fantastic. Uh, the this movie gets a lot better about the halfway mark, where yes, it kind of becomes almost dreamlike. Um, kind of where the uh, it, it it almost feels like the uh, the story takes a backseat. Bruce mentioned Mal- Malik like uh, like if you watch uh, uh, Tree of Life, it's it's it, it suggests things as opposed to just telling you that. And I think that also um, with the awesome cinematography and the great score, it helps that kind of uh, filmmaking. So. Um, yeah, th- this was one of those movies where I wasn't too on board with it at first, but as it went on, I kind of, you know, Bruce, like Bruce said, it, if you're into that sort of thing, it kind of it kind of pulls you in. Yeah, this is this is a pretty good movie. Not my, not usually my speed, um, but much like Stunt Rock, <laughs> where like uh, Bruce is three and a half and I'm five. I'm three and a half on this. And Bruce is five, so that kind of makes sense. Well, that's cool. Um, that's a solid but, recommend for you. It's a, it's a, it. So ultimately, it's a solid recommend. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Eric. And it won you over, kind of. Yeah. The, the last half of this movie got really good. Also, there was a lot of dong in this. A I was going to say, I want to lowbrow it for you guys. <laughs> yeah. 
If you want I'll, lots I'll of male prefrontal nudity. If you want to see a lot of dick, like penis, there yes. is a bunch of it. And you know what? Four stars for that. <laughs> Four stars for that. I'll give him an extra half star for the amount and of an dick. He's had more and, dick than uh, X. I will go on the other side <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I'll go on the other side if there's a lot of of a full frontal female nudity as well and if you and i said to eric the same thing i said if your fetish is naked women smoking around books i mean you are gonna be set on this movie for sure yeah, smoking cigarettes by the way not yeah you know which would have been right. fine too i'm sure which there was some of course that. sexuality and, and all um but the, yeah the, this is um actually this kind of this kind of has the same flavor as benedetta i think uh, oh, where, it's, where it's got a little bit of the eroticism, uh, it's got the love story. It, it's ab- certainly a love story, and I, I, I think if uh, if you didn't like Benedetta, this might not be your speed. Uh, but if you did like Benedetta, this doesn't go as crazy as Benedetta does. But it's kind of it's kind of like in the same ballpark, we'll say. And actually, this was Greg. This was the movie that was like I wasn't totally in love with this. This is this is the oh movie really? That, this is the movie that Greg yeah. should have watched. Oh, this is the Greg if movie. There was a yeah. yeah if there was a Greg movie on this episode, this is the Greg movie right here. For well, sure. I thought my Greg movie is Benedetta, but, but personally, I, lo- well. I love Benedetta. But this is no. I'm excited about Mothering Sunday. And Bruce, to your point, you mentioned Odessa Young at the beginning. I forgot the movie she did with Elizabeth. Uh, what what's her name? The the one Elizabeth from uh, Mad Men. I'm I'm blanking out. What's the uh, the uh, the actress from Mad Men, and she was in Top of the Lake. Elizabeth Moss. She was in a movie oh. with Elizabeth Moss, and I thought Odessa Young, really interesting actress. And did she carry this movie? I, I, her performance was she was she good? Bruce uh, Odessa, what do you think on, on this? As a yeah, lead, she's she's really good in this. But I think yeah, as a lead, she's very very good, and she does hold it down. But there's a great supporting cast in this movie too. Really. Okay, really so terrible. it's all about the ensemble for this movie. No, no, she's she's definitely the center of it. So okay, cool. So you got, uh, you got the Colin Firth, and you got the uh, uh, well, what's your name? Shobay Derisu, Olivia Coleman, Olivia Coleman. Yeah, that was what I didn't know she was in this. I think I hit you guys up. Like, is Olivia Coleman? She looks a lot like <laughs> Olivia Coleman. Um, yes, this movie. Okay, The Lost Daughter or Mothering Sunday, Eric Holmes. Which movie do you prefer? Um, uh, they're kind of they're kind of. I know different. Both, both uh, around the same, around the same oh, for me. Around the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I, okay. I don't hate either one. I think if uh, I'll, I'll go with this one because uh, there was more dick in this one than there was okay. in the lost. Daughter. Oh wait, wait, the lost daughter. Never mind. I, I'm thinking of. Uh, I was thinking of the. Uh, you're not the favorite. my mother. <laughs> oh, you're not my mother. Oh, got it. Got it. Got um, it. Got it. Yes. But yeah, this is probably this is probably in the same wheelhouse as uh, lost daughter as well. Okay, so that is Mothering Sunday, three and a half stars from Eric Holmes and five stars for Bruce Perky. Again, in New York and L.A. this Friday, props to Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky for just really working hard this week and getting this movie in under the gun. It moves. It has a further rollout the following week, but again, New York, L.A. this Friday. Now, we are on to our recommend, sort of rewind recommend kind of thing. This is a big movie. Movies, uh, it's th- the Ty West film X on our Cinematics Facebook group. Pod, fellow podcaster Andrew Martin from Andrew Watches Movies just completely praised the heck out of the move, this movie. I think he said it's one of his top or if not top favorite favorite horror film of all time, I guess, or maybe recently I, I might be misquoting him. But there's a lot of love for this movie. And what better way to actually review X than two podcasters, reviewers who are steep in the horror genre. Let's start with Eric Holmes first. Ty West, X, you saw it over the weekend. There's a lot of praise. Is the praise warranted? 
Uh, I think so for the most part. I I think it was a little over over hyped for me, um, like uh, because I I knew nothing going in. I I avoided the I avoided everything about it. I just heard that uh, a lot of people really dug it. And I was like, well, fuck. I don't know anything about it now. I'm just going to keep it that way and then just go into the theater and as cold as I can. And I, I guess I was expecting a little more, but because it, it's basically just a slasher movie, it's got a little something more to say than that. Um, but as a slasher goes, it's a really good one. I think uh, certainly stylized. It's got a. Uh, it's- can you see why it was overloved? A little bit over, maybe overrated. You still you still liked it. You still enjoyed the movie, yeah. but why all the craze for it do you have a theory i i I don't even want to say it's overrated i think with all the people uh how much they were praising it i think i built it up more in my head because i didn't understand what it was that um you know what what it was they loved about it It, it'd be like if you watch texas chainsaw massacre for the first time the original one you would expect like uh oh it's gonna say something about blah 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 when the reality is it's just a really well done slasher movie and that that's what X is. It, you know, it's got a it's got a little bit of boogie nights because it's uh you know people going to make a porn. One of the guys is like, I'm going to make it real hard, Phil. <laughs> so it's got the, that that little bit of boogie nights in it. It's got some really good characters in it. I guess one of the things that threw me off is that, and I don't usually care about stuff like this, but I know some people might. It kind of does the body shaming thing. Um, Look at these old people. How could they possibly want to have sex with each other? Oh, look how look how gross it is that two old people are having sex. And uh, I don't know about the old guy, but I know the old woman is one of the act- younger actresses in makeup. And so that that's kind of it was like a was it uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's like it, it was pretty lighthearted through most of it, and then they got that last scene where like dude punches some random woman, drags her away after hearing, "Yeah, just go out and take what you want." I'm like that's the message, given at the end of the movie. All right, whatever. Um, so there, rubbed, there's rubbed you the wrong way that that uh, little element to it. I, it. It just seemed odd, you know, mm-hmm. for because the the one of the points of this movie is that the old couple, you know, they're in the the twilight years of their lives and they don't feel sexy anymore you know uh the 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 old lady you know she wants to she wants to feel sexy again uh she wants to have sex with her husband again um but he can't because if he's like oh if i do i'm gonna have a heart attack and die right here um and so you know it, it had messages of that and then it feels like it almost it feels like it undercut its message a bit by having a scene that was meant to discuss viewers by just mm-hmm. having them like it, it maybe maybe i'm the bigot and you know i i saw it that way when it wasn't meant that way but it felt like it was playing it that way like oh god these old people are having sex how gross and it seemed to undercut the message the overall message that the movie was trying to go for so i think it was a failure in that point but you know that's that's one scene you know and so as a uh but as a slasher just you know on his face is that i think it's pretty good and i think it does deserve the praise that it's getting it's just that one little bit is a little iffy i, I don't know it, it, it just it, it it felt off to me Bruce, what do you think? What do you say about that that scene, the overall movie? Um, I, I I get what he's saying about that scene. I'm I'm kind of in the middle on it, and I kind of want to watch it again to kind of really get the feel for that scene. I feel like it's 
trying to kind of play us with that scene too, to kind of almost like pushing in your face to say like, why are you grossed out? You know what I mean? I think it is playing around with that, but I also can see how you might see it as kind of against its own message. But at the same time, it's also saying like, well, we are going to make a horror movie here. So we're going to be gross sometimes. So it is, that's part of also the, the weird combo platter this does is it, it, it goes a little bit meta and a little bit artsy and a little bit thematic, but it also doesn't fail to give you a horror movie. Which a lot of times these movies won't do both. They'll give you one or the other, but they won't give you just a. It gives you a slasher movie on top of all the other art stuff. I really enjoyed this quite a bit. I I liked its oddness. Um, I really absolutely appreciated the performances, and I loved the fact that we had, like, usually in these like slasher movies, not usually, but a lot of times, the the characters that are going to die are all pretty much just kind of generic. And they really do give you time in here to like know all of your characters and they all have interesting stories and you kind of care about them all in one way or another. And there are some such great stylish things in this. Like, for example, the opening shot uh, itself was fantastic. The opening shot is the, the farmhouse, the Texas Chainsaw style farmhouse in that cropped, you know, aspect ratio. And you're like, oh, no, here we go. A24 cropped aspect ratio. And it literally is just the shadows from the door of the barn. And as the the, the camera pulls forward, the f- farm doors, because you're going forward, the doors go wider. And all of a sudden now we're widescreen. And just something as simple as that as the filmmaker saying like, you know what? We know what we're doing here. We know what you're thinking. And we're going to play with that. And we're also going to give you some good stuff. I think this is just a fantastic horror movie. For my taste, I love the oddness and the strangeness of it. I love the audacity of it. I love the the style is great. It's fun. I thought, I thought it was fun. Um, it has... One of my favorite horror moments so far of the year, which is the, I'm not going to say what happens exactly, but it's the first major killing that's near some headlights of a vehicle. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And the post-credit sequence, which tells us about upcoming things, really makes me think that there's some interesting developments in this, I guess, series of movies. Maybe a trilogy, right? That should be yeah. interesting. What, what yeah. Okay, so that is X. What is your rating, Bruce, on X now playing in theaters? Um, I was going to go four, four and a half, but I, I really liked it. And I really had a good time. So I'm going to go five. Five stars for... Bruce okay. Perky on X and Eric Holmes. What do you give X? Um, I'll, I'll probably go. Uh, I'll probably go four stars on this. I might have been oh, five. Wow. I think. I think if they would have uh, focused more on the message that they were going for and was a little more uh, attentive to that, I guess this could have been. This could have easily been a five star. And yeah, stay after the credits. Um, I'm. I'm definitely down for any sequels or prequels or anything else they got going in this. Cause like, even though that one bit didn't work for me, I think overall it's a good movie and I'm excited to see more. Okay. Four stars from Eric Holmes and five stars for Bruce Perky for the film X. Next up is a recommendation from Eric Holmes, Kirk Douglas. We've covered Kirk Douglas a bunch of times in this podcast. We haven't, we haven't covered Kirk Douglas maybe in the last seven or eight months. This is a movie called The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. The movie was released. When was it released? It was released in... 1946. 1946. Thank you, Eric Holmes. And the plot line is, quote, A man is reunited with his childhood friend and her husband who believe he knows the truth about the death of her rich aunt years earlier. The film stars Barbara Stanwyck, Van Heflin, and Elizabeth Scott. This seems like a movie that is right up my alley. And, of course, it stars... Kirk Douglas, you did this with with a watch with our 
fellow friend Angie Clark. How did the watch go? How did the movie go? It went really well. Uh, this is actually Kirk Douglas's first movie. And right out of the gate, he's got a banger. So um, <laughs> uh, so basically, Barbara Stanwyck uh, plays Martha. Kirk Douglas plays Walter. And there's a bit at the beginning where um, there's a altercation on the stairway. And Barbara Stanwyck hits her aunt over the head. And she falls down the stairs and she dies. And the uncle comes in. And says, what happened? And, you know, the front door is open. They're like, "Uh, uh, someone came in and killed her. I don't know. And then Uncle's like, okay, when the cops get here, tell them exactly that. Because Uncle knew that they're full of shit. Anyway, then it cuts, you know, cuts forward like, you know, 20, 30 years later, however far. And now Barbara Stanwyck's, you know, Kirk Douglas and Van Van Heflin. Yes, Van Heflin. Sam. Van Heflin's kind of the lead character. Actually, not kind of. He is the lead character of this. Uh, He's like a, um, if I understood it correctly, he's like a private detective. And he's just kind of, you know, going about things. And he meets up with uh, uh, Martha and Walter it's like, hey, I knew you guys when I was kids. And then it's kind of a film noir, but more of a romance movie. Like, so you get you get you get the film noir of the 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 murder that happened that was covered up, and then you get the the uh, romance because Martha and Walter are married, and uh, Van uh, Sam, played by Van Heflin, he's got a uh, he's got a thing for uh, uh, Tony played by Elizabeth Scott, who is fucking awesome in this. I she's fucking, a great actress. Elizabeth yeah, Scott, she, yeah, she's great. And exactly. Yeah, she's great. Um, but he's, you know, he's got a thing for his, uh, he's got a thing for his uh, childhood crush, I guess you would call her. Um, and so there's like, there's like little love triangle things going on along with, you know, bits about that murder that we saw at the beginning kind of start to play out. And the end of this movie, I'm not going to give away the end, the end of this movie is fucking awesome. Like really fucking awesome. This, this, really this is probably, okay. This is probably one of like, and and it's not like a big twist. You know, it's it, it's just like one of those. You ever see a movie where it's like it ends the exact way it should, and it just yeah, it, it, it turns the nod just a little bit, and it's like oh god, that's so good. Oh my god, that's so good. There's a, there's a scene when you watch it, you'll know. But there's a scene with hands. What we'll just say a close up of hands. And it's oh, it, it it crushed me, and that and that was it. I'm like, I fucking love this movie. Good job! Wow. Okay, <laughs> the strange love of Martha Iris. How many? What's your rating on this film, Eric? Yeah, what a this, great this, find. This one's this one's easily five stars. It, yeah. it, 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 it was probably like a probably well, four, wait, four wait, is this Christmas because you and Bruce are five stars and everything everybody <laughs> hey right, I, I, I can't help it that we just keep watching bangers all this week it's not my fault <laughs> but I'm happy about it um th- this was this was like a, a pretty decent uh film noir romance but that that ending just sealed it for me it, it was so good uh the the cinematography in this there there's because the cinematography is not flashy, but they do some stuff like if you're paying attention to that, it's like, wow, that's a really good shot. Oh, wow. They staged that shot really well. And there, there's a bunch of it. Uh, director Lewis Milestone. Um, I don't know what else he has done. He's, he's done a lot of movies and he's a director that I've pretty much ignored. And I can't wait till for us to yeah. actually probably down the road. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we might come across some more Lewis Milestone films. Yeah. Yeah. 
he kind of he kind of at least with this movie as good as this movie was it's reminded me when i first watched a jules dassin movie which the first one i saw was rafifi um i think Rafifi's a lot better than this but this one had one of those like i'm gonna have to look at this lewis milestone movie because this thing is this thing is just fantastic he directed and, oceans 11 in 1960 that's his one of his big biggest movies 1960 right. oceans 11 not bad but yeah the, this movie is high recommended especially if you want to watch like an old film noir or an old romance this has like it does the best of both genres i think eric when you saw this is kirk douglas's first role can you tell from watching him in this movie even though it's van heflin he's a lead and you mentioned how good elizabeth scott is and obviously barbara stanwick is barbara stanwick could you actually watching him could you realize that he would become Kirk oh, Douglas? Yeah, yeah oh. he's he, like he he plays a fucking slime ball in this. Yeah, you could tell because as I'm watching, I was like kind of watching that is uh, oh this is Kirk Douglas's debut. I could see like a studio producer going, "Who's that guy that played Walter? Uh, some uh, uh, Cameron Douglas? I don't know." It was like, "Oh, his name's <laughs> Kirk Douglas. You know, he's going to be a star someday. Whatever he wants to do, go pitch a kid. You know, whatever." But uh, yeah, he was he was he wasn't this wasn't his best. You know, this wasn't the best uh, acting he's done. But I mean, for a for a debut, it's it is really fucking good. Okay, that is. Just, where did you see this? Did you rent this? How did you and Angie see it? Did you- I'd say it's playing on YouTube. I you know it's a 40, 1946 movie, and they got like a hundred different versions of it on YouTube. I'm sure it's streaming everywhere um and, and you guys well how did you guys see it did you just count down three two one and you guys so we'll go this? on yeah we'll go on the facebook messenger I'll, I'll just put up a post and by the way if anyone else on cinematics wants to hit me up and say hey i want to do a watch along with blah 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 i'm down with it because it's so fun to do um I've, I've done it with you guys before like we're watching movies and just kind of commenting on the movie as it's going but yeah basically we pick a pick a movie and then get the movie ready ready okay play and then hit play you're probably a couple seconds off but that's fine um okay very cool but yeah it, cool. It, 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 it it's fun to do and this was a great movie movie to do it too as well yeah so good again stuff. check it out eric holmes watch it with our good buddy angie clark and angie angie liked this movie as well it's probably her first time seeing it did she end up really yeah. digging the movie was it yeah, your cho- yeah, whose yeah, choice yeah. was this whose, cho- whose idea was this whose idea uh, was- i think this was mine because the last time we did it uh she had just seen kimmy the and and she's like yeah i checked that out i'm like i'll check it out like check it out now i'm like okay (laughs) and so that that was the first one we did and then we kept meaning to do it again and we did it with this one and we we couldn't figure out we're like i haven't done the kirk douglas movie in a while might as well do his first movie if it's available and it was so that's what we watched so that is The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. Again, high marks from Angie Clark. Five stars from Eric Holmes. Eric Holmes is giving you guys, find your film listeners, cinematics listeners, the open invitation. If you want to see a movie with him, hit him up on hamslime yeah. at g- gmail.com. Hamslime at gmail.com. Or just, or or just message me on, on, on Facebook. That, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Yeah, yeah. You can do that. You don't ever do that with me. I don't like watching <laughs> movies with anyone. So, Bruce, do you agree with me? F, don't ever don't ever watch a movie with uh, Bruce? What do, you th- what do you say? No, I was or- just going to say you should have said i don't like watching movies hard stop there yeah!
<laughs> okay, that was mean and true. Mean and true. Very good. Very good. Bruce you only Brady. watched one this week, right? I mean, okay. No, no. The dagger. The dagger is deep. I am bleeding. I am bleeding. I'm bleeding. I, I'm very, very sad. The good news is we're we're almost done with this episode because the good news, not that we're done, but the the last movie we're going to be covering is before we cover movies, though. What do I always forget every single week, Bruce? I forget who's who is the fourth person in this this party. What what is uh, Pete? Peta, what is Peta, Peta? A bite. Peta a bite. A peta will abite you if you don't watch out. Peta a bite. Drop that bite. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie. No. What's in the fucking box? All right, guys, we are back. Thank you again, Peter Bader from Middle Class Film Class. You know, you know, you know how Bruce is. He's trilingual, so he so he just plays around with the, with the languages a little bit. I'm so, almost unilingual. <laughs> very, very good. Hangover Square is a film that I've been really, I've been banging the drum for Eric and Bruce to see. Look, here's the thing. I saw it. It was on YouTube. It was free. Bruce was talking about a movie. I think he was talking about the outfit that he gave it five stars. And who knows, maybe down the line, if it caught him at a certain time, he might have given it a lower rating. This is one of these movies where I feel like Hangover Square, it was middle Saturday afternoon. I was craving a noir and I just went berserk over this movie. Let's see what Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky have to say about Hangover Square, this week's box pick. That's my my pick for Hangover Square. Bruce, start off. What is it about? Your thoughts on Hangover okay. Square. <laughs> Hangover Square, 1945, uh, directed by John Brom, uh, stars Laird Krieger, I believe it is, as George Harvey Bone. <laughs> he's a composer. And he's got this strange ailment. Uh, he has this thing where... When he gets, I, I they have like they have one of those cockamamie like psychological explanations like at the end of Psycho, where it's like when he has a too much stress and he's too focused on one thing, uh, something will set him off and he basically goes into this like amnesia like zombie mode and he kills people and it usually ends with fire and then he wakes up he doesn't know what happened and it almost has this like where it gets all fuzzy in films like almost like vertigo or something speaking of vertigo bernard herman is the score of this and we'll talk a little more about that as we discuss this here's this composer he keeps having these blackouts and then people keep ending up dead and he's worried that he might be doing it and everyone's like no you didn't and but the cops are kind of curious but then it keeps looking like he's not the killer meanwhile there's the subplot of he's trying to finish composing this classical piece of music and at the same time this you know dance hall um woman and her guy are trying to kind of scam him pretend to be interested in him and get him to write music for her to have songs and that's another subplot all of this is fine it's pretty good it's a pretty fun uh, noir with this weird element of him continuing to do these strange murders and cover them up in really interesting ways i will say and we're not going to talk about how that happens but there's a really fun uh <laughs> <laughs> thing with the uh, Guy Fox Day celebration. It's pretty amazing. But for my purposes, and this is where Eric's going to come in and say what he thinks of it. For my take on this, the final act of this movie really elevates it to the next level because there's this whole thing about him performing his musical work, which he's finally going to, you know, unleash on everybody as all these things are coming to a head and the score or the 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 work that he comes up with is Bernard Herrmann's music as well. And the way it's performed and the way it's filmed and, and the way it's used to accent the action while they're performing it 
and the way it's used to portray his mental state at the same time, it's quite amazing. And the finale of this movie is gangbusters awesome. It is gangbusters awesome. Again, the lead is Laird Krieger. And Bruce and I were talking about this. He, I think, I don't know how many movies he made. Maybe this might be his last movie after this, but he died really way too, way too young. And you watch him in this movie and you wonder, wow, it would be interesting to see if he had lived and done more films. Do you agree with this, Bruce, regarding Laird Krieger? Was he an interesting actor for you? He was an interesting actor. I mean, he wasn't like the normal leading man looking kind of guy. I could see him playing a lot of like, more like tough guy kind of roles or maybe mobsters or something. Cause he doesn't have that kind of, you know, narrow refined features, leading man kind of look to him, but he was kind of a villain in this too. So it kind of made sense, but I liked his personality a lot. And I thought I read that, that he, I'm going to look it up. Well, Eric is talking. Cause I think I have some good um, trivia on Laird Craig Krieger as well. Okay. Very so. cool. Eric Holmes. I'm a huge fan of hangover square. It just went completely again. Like Bruce says, that ending is bonkers. Awesome. Wondering if you were on that same track with me and Bruce yeah. on this. Yeah. Um, in fact, the, the, I thought that this movie, as I'm watching it, the only I could not get out of my head, I wish Tim Burton would remake this. That would bring Tim Burton back to like the, the Edward Scissorhands, Edward, that, like that kind of Tim Burton. Uh, this movie, it almost felt like Tim Burton took a time machine back to the forties and was like, hey, I'm going to do this weird movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, th- this was really good. Um, it's a great call on that. It, it was, uh, I, I still like the Martha. I was a little better, but uh, again, yeah, this, yeah. this was another movie where the ending was really great because they, know, Martha we're, we're, Ivers in fairness though, um, Eric. Yeah. Martha Ivers seems like a bigger, grander production. I think this one is, I can understand why, Martha Ivers is is way more respected than Hangover Square because Hangover Square, like you said, still a good movie, but it's still sort of like an has an indie yeah. small flavor to it, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does. I, I mean, there's certainly. Uh, I think they came out around the same time, and this one's definitely a lot more rough around the edges, but it's it's still really good. It also got kind of uh, experiment and terror vibes to it because this is this is a straight up horror movie uh, from that time. And it, it goes, yeah. uh, it goes a lot darker. I mean, the, the, what was the opening scene where, uh, he murders uh, the guy? Dude, that's yeah. such a good, that's such a good yeah. scene. It's just that, that point of view with the hand with the, and, and you're, petri- you're petrified because you're watching what this movie was made way back when and they, they, they were able to get away with that. Yeah. In, in, right, so, and, and not to give away the ending, but the, uh, that shot that they linger on, how's that actor not dead? <laughs> yeah i was thinking they, that too they don't have cgi back then nope. like they they had to they had to shoot that and i get uh yeah uh like bruce said there's a lot of uh fire involved but when you have fire you have smoke and when you have smoke it becomes difficult to breathe and if you're on a set and there's smoke like uh they, yeah there, there's there's certain that's one of the cool things about watching older movies like this when you have scenes like that I'm I'm assuming you guys probably you know get some of this or anyone will get something like this. You watch that going right away. You know they couldn't. They had to do this in real life. You know they had to do it relatively safely. Um, but how did they do it safely? Because it looks dangerous as fuck. And I yeah, I don't know how the I don't. I don't know how the actors walked away from this. It's amazing. And also with all the millions of dollars that we have in CGI and all so many things we can do with cinema. 
we talk about terrifying moments. The ending of this is is terrifying. Cinematically, it's inspiring. And you're thinking about how much did it cost to make that with like, you guys have always um, beat the drum on the importance of practical effects. It's terrifying with that budget. And you, it's hard, even with the millions of dollars, you can't make a film as terrifying like that in the end. And sometimes even with a movie like, what's that movie with Fritz Lang directed? He directed that movie M. You can have the, a floating balloon in black and white be more terrifying than a sequence, you know, that's made for millions of dollars. It's it's yeah. it's just pure cinema, I think. That's I'll, I'll tell like you. movies like this, and like Quentin Tarantino obviously talks a lot about film, talks a lot about practical effects, um, but I don't think he ever. And not that I'm going to explain it better, I'll probably fuck this up too. But I I think what he gets at it, he never says is that when you don't have CGI. You can't wave your hand when you don't have digital. You can't wave your hand like, oh, uh, you know, uh, Superman was flying because CGI. You don't, you know, yeah. you know that tool's there, and you know you can do anything with it. It's a great tool, and you can do anything with it. But that's the problem, isn't it? Because you can do anything to it. There's no wonder. So when you go back to movies like before they had CGI, you watch this thing, and it's like watching a magic trick. It's like I know that I know that there's a trick there. I just don't know what it is. And when there's CGI involved, it's like, oh, I know how they did. They went in the computer and did the computer thing. Maybe yeah. they did, maybe they didn't. But that's what goes on in your head nowadays. When you go yeah. back to older movies and you see amazing things like the ending of this, you're just like, how the fuck did they pull that off and not kill the actor? <laughs> now, <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Now- as much as I love Hangover to Square, this uh, this movie is like a four and a half star to five star movie. My question to you, Bruce and Eric, is: uh, You guys were talking about the ending, but I would I want to hear your final ratings on Hangover Square. Is the rest of the movie just as almost as good as the ending? Would love to hear your final ratings, Bruce. Let's start off with you. I I think I'll go four stars. I think the rest of the movie for me isn't quite as great. Although the final half is pretty darn good. So I'd say that maybe the first half is about a three star and the last half is five star. So yeah, I'd say I balance out at four star, but can I give you the little, I looked up the thing on, on Laird Krieger. Yes. Um, it is actually really interesting. So apparently he found the book that this was based on and he really loved it. And he brought it to the studio and they were like, okay, we're going to make it. And he wanted to, you know, they were going to have him as the star, but he didn't want to be typecast as a villain. So they, he refused. So they suspended him and they hired another actor. And then he got so angry that he eventually was able to take back the part. But then check this out. He took back the part and he was so obsessed with it that he, oh no, let me find this part. He embarked on an amphetamine-based crash diet to lose weight for the role, which ultimately led to his premature death from heart attack after the filming concluded. Oh my God. Oh my so God. So he, he died right after they film, finished filming this. Oh my gosh. Oh, so, that is a direct parallel to so that. Act. So that wasn't a special effect. Then. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> So right. that's just crazy. This movie is like weird and cursed and all that kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, he yeah. literally, he literally gave it his all for yeah. this movie. And Linda Darnell, one of the leads in this movie, years later, she perished in a fire as well. But that is an interesting story regarding Laird Krieger, Hangover Square. You can actually watch it on YouTube. It's out on Blu-ray. I, I, I believe it's out on Blu-ray via Kino. I could be wrong. I remember trying to actually order it online and go, oh, it's only nine, nine, nine or $10. And I, I clicked on the buy link and it says out of stock. But anyways, I definitely can't wait to watch Hangover Square and order it on Blu-ray. Before we talk about Blu-rays and all that stuff, 
Eric, what did you and Bruce recently purchase a week ago? And maybe down the line, you guys might be talking about it soon down the road. Have you been able to check out the, the Blu-ray that both of you purchased recently? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. What, oh, I <laughs> no see idea something. what you're talking about. It's called, I think it's called The Long Walk. It's written in, it's directed by Maddie Doe. And I believe it's written by her husband, Christopher Larson. Wow. There's a slipcase in the cover. Wow. Beautiful. Maddie Doe. Oh, how... Eric Holmes, you guys are going to be talking about it soon down the road. How is the Blu-ray so far? The the packaging is it vinegar syndrome? Did they do a good job on it? Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. It is. <laughs> um, and uh, what what's uh, what's extra fun is it does have the uh, it does have a recipe for a drink. And have you tried it, Eric Holmes? Have you concocted? No, I, it? Oh, no. It, it it has uh, the drink has some uh, some uh, ingredients that I needed to seek out. Um, that aren't mm. stuff that I normally have here. Uh, but uh, on Facebook, uh, Maddie Doe, uh, I, I, I posted that I got the thing and, and uh, they're like, enjoy a meal. I, I was like, watch a movie and enjoy a drink. And then like whoever does the the long walk Twitter thing was like, enjoy a meal too. I'm like, well, that's not in here, but I'll, I'll whip up something. Maddie Doe's like, check, I got you. <laughs> and she posted a, a TikTok of her, of her cooking this uh uh like cucumber chilies and it, basically she had a she posted a TikTok of another recipe. I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess that's what I'm making then. Okay, because <laughs> that was that's fucking delicious. Very very cool, Bruce. How's that Blu-ray? Have you have you? I don't. I think you just recently got it. So you, have, um, you you probably haven't opened up the long walk as of yet. Yeah, I haven't got it all the special details, but I know we are planning on a special little mini video project based on it as well that we're going to be doing. Oh, very. No, who knows? Again, The Long Walk is a movie that all three of us here over at Find Your Film are championing. I gave, I gave a screener link to Anderson Cowan. Hopefully he en- ends up going on that long walk as well. Such a beautiful, beautiful movie. Check out our interview with Maddie Doe as well in our respective YouTube channels. Before we go and before I forget, we have to figure out not what's in the box, but what movie is Dean Koontz, what is the, our Dean Koontz wallet watch pick of March, the final days of March, the Ides of March, Eric Holmes. Please make it an interesting Brian De Palma film or a film from John Frankenheimer or who knows what. what, what, what Before I get to that, I didn't get my star rating for uh, for Hangover Square. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. Yes, but, Hangover, my fault. But, but uh, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go with Bruce, four stars. And then four stars. Um, Good. Although I, I, I think I think this might have been higher had I not seen Experiment in Terror. If you haven't watched Experiment in Terror, Watch it. That movie's fucking awesome. Okay. But, yes. So last week I was supposed to do my Dean Keen's wallet, <laughs> wallet, wallies. <laughs> and, uh, and I forgot what it was. The movie was, the movie I was going to pick was Nerdland because we did Windfall. Andrew Kevin Walker wrote that and he wrote Nerdland. I hadn't seen it and was like, oh, this will be perfect. But this is the following week. We're not, you know, um, so I was like, this week we're doing stunt rock. So let's do something that makes a little more sense with stunt rock. And Greg, you're going to fucking hate this. I know you're going to hate this no, I'm movie. Gonna sure, yeah, no, I'm, but no. listener, some listeners are going to listen to this go, yes, fuck yes. Uh, we're going to do uh, the Guar movie Skullhead Face, <laughs> yes. which is streaming on YouTube. Uh, it, it was either going to be that or Phallus in Wonderland. Um 
and uh i i, I think what I, I think skull head face is probably the better of the two i, I think they might have like uh two other ones other than those ones but and you could always yeah, well, supplement it with guar and nardwar talking to each other <laughs> yeah oh, is, is there an actual video of guar and nardwar nardwar talking to guar that'd be interesting i would be amazed if there's not there is one of him talking to thor i know that much oh very cool and, i gotta check that video out and yeah. Uh, not only does this does a uh, uh, Guar Skullhead face uh, match up with uh, uh, Stunt Rock, uh, Stunt Rock. As we're recording this, it what what's the date today? It's the twenty third, I believe. March twenty third, two thousand fourteen is the day that we lost David Brocky, otherwise known as Odorus Yerongis. So this also goes with Stunt Rock, but it's also as a tribute to remember. A uh, great front man, and I met him. I met him twice after Guar shows, and he was always nice to me. And you know, he he always uh, he always actually pretty much everyone in Guar. Uh, if you go see him live, I I I've met the I've met the, the band members after the shows, and some of the slaves, like the the people that you know, air quote slaves, in the uh, the they're all good people at least the ones that i've met and so it, it's good to uh honor them and we're gonna remember david brocky uh greg you're probably gonna hate 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 oh, this it's movie a tribute. But- it's a tribute. I'm, I'm excited i'm ex- you know that's an idea it's a, to expand our horizon so who knows yeah. who knows maybe i might even like it more than bruce so you'll yeah. you'll be surprised. But I mean, it's I, called Skullhead I, Face. Is that it? Skullhead. Yeah, Skullhead Face. face. I'll, I'll I'll put up a I'll put up a I'll put up a link. Um, I maybe there's a because because they used to have them on VHS and good luck finding those. Um, but you, you can find it on on YouTube. I think I don't know if they're you know legit sources, but they're sources for sure. And I think I want to know how many listeners are excited about this as I am, because it's been for fucking ever since I've seen any of these. Okay, that that should be really awesome. I'm really excited. Also, this was a very, very good show. I really enjoyed it because you know why? I wasn't reviewing movies. I was actually listening to <laughs> Eric and Bruce, and they had some really great opinions on all, on all, all these movies. So I'm so excited. Maybe I, th- I think listeners, if you if you start a petition for me to never review movies again and just have Bruce and Eric do it, please, by all means, email us and tell us what you think. It's really, this is a really strong show. Before we get out of here, Eric Holmes, final thoughts. Uh, check out Skullhead Face. Check out Experiment yes. in Terror. Check Actually, check out a bunch of movies we talked about. You, you know, uh, even the bad ones, because uh, just because we don't like a movie doesn't mean you won't. Yeah. You know? Yeah, stunt rock in there. Uh, that, like, like we didn't, we didn't really care for. Uh, You're not my mother. That yeah. might, that might be a movie you watch and go, "What the hell are they thinking?" I fucking love this movie. Fuck, I love Windfall. People hate it. I love Don't Look Up. People hate it. So you never, <laughs> you never know. Just because we don't like something doesn't mean you won't as well. Remember, you always have to qualify. Don't look up with Oscar nominated film. Don't I Oscar really, nominated. I don't really look hope up. That doesn't win. I, I cannot deal with the backlash that would follow if that won. <laughs> I mean. It deserves it, mm-hmm. and I'd be happy for them if it did, but the backlash would just be unbearable. Okay. Speaking of unbearable, any witticisms from Bruce Perky? Anything you're going to leave us with at the end of this episode, at the end of this week? Uh, yes. Yes. I have two bits of band-related wisdom. Um, bit number one is, uh, if you're going to go see Guar, make sure to put on your finest outfit. I would suggest <laughs> a suit. Maybe a tuxedo. Uh, you know, it's not really looked upon kindly to come there just dressed down in t-shirts and jeans. That's not no, acceptable not for all. a Guar concert. 
Um, bit of advice number two, the only way to properly celebrate backstage after a great show is to feed spaghetti to a dog wearing a wizard hat. Okay. We love stunt rock, and one of these days I'll watch it. <laughs> so, you know what? You're so, I'm sold on this movie. We will see you guys next week on Find Your Film, Stunt Rock Forever. See you guys.